The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbooks. Use promo code SGP when you sign up for a $4 into $256 if the college basketball underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's right, promo code SGP to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbooks. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only, new customers only, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We are also brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is your home for the info you need to make yourself a smarter better. NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they've got you covered. Go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. And next, we're brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best college sports better in the entire country? Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with the free March Madness fantasy betting contest with over $8,000 in cash prizes. Download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. And next, we're brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is running a free bracket-style capper contest with a chance to win up to $5,500. To enter, just go to betterthan.vegas, and don't forget to let them know that SGP sent you. And next, we're brought to you by PicksWise. Follow the PicksWise capper contest at pickswise.com for free picks and analysis throughout the tournament from the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and more. See which expert is trending hot as they battle it out for a winner-take-all $10,000 prize over at PicksWise.com. And finally, we're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge operates like a stock exchange for the sports world. Pick the teams that you like and have someone else buy the other side of that bet. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP, for a free $10 play. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Edge.com, promo code SGP. Hello and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This would be episode number 20, a big uh, celebration episode. Hopefully my co-host has planned a lot of big special things for this uh, episode because I promised you listeners last week that this was going to be a big one. So we're uh, I haven't planned anything as per usual, so I'm counting all on my co-host who I'll eventually will we'll introduce but uh i kind of like having all this time for myself so but we'll, we'll get to him eventually um so yeah this is episode 20 i am your host jeff fox i host the show um i also edit and write for sportsgamblingpodcast.com and i run my mma site for the past almost a decade now mma dash manifesto.com uh, make sure you go on there if you like if you like winning stuff go on there because um I run a pick'em contest for every UFC event, uh, and our good friends at Sports Gambling Podcast actually sponsor a bunch of those contests and give away a $50 gift card to wherever you want. Um, so make sure you check out that, but also obviously check out um, our home site, uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, like I said, this is episode 20. Um, we actually do – it is a bit of a special episode because we are – I have a bit of an announcement. We, uh, for some strange reason, are 
our bosses have decided to give us an extra show um, every week. So now we're going to be doing two shows a week. Um, so you will be listening to this one Monday morning, and we will have another show coming out uh, more often than not on Thursday morning. So the starting the week one will be uh, more than likely will be a recap of the following weekend's action, and we'll break down some some news and, and whatever else is going on in the world uh, of MMA. And there'll be plenty of nonsense as per usual. And then the Thursday show will be our preview show for the upcoming event for uh, that weekend. Um, doing it a little later in the week will hopefully allow us to avoid uh, a bunch of fights being canceled and, and, or um, different fighters plugged into to different spots as, as is normally the case. Um, and we'll have more accurate betting lines too as, as we're getting uh, later in the week. So that is good news for us and good news for you. Cause if you're listening to this, you're obviously a massive fan and this is your number one podcast in the whole wide world. So, um, yeah, I mentioned a co-host. I do have a co-host. Um, he also writes for sportsgamblingpodcast.com. He also writes for MMA-manifesto.com. I think he writes for other places that we won't mention because they're the competition. <laughs> so um, he also has two – well, this is a competition too. He has two of his own MMA podcasts, but I don't – we're all big, one big happy family in, in my eyes. Uh, he hosts the Top Turtle MMA podcast, which you'll get some, uh, a little bit of gambling advice, uh, but mostly you will get uh, quality interviews with fighters, uh, normally fighters that will be uh, competing at that week's uh, upcoming UFC event. Uh, he also hosts Prelim Picker, which is basically more of a gambling style uh, podcast where he he and a, a guest of his choice uh, pick um, winners for all the prelim fights on an upcoming card. So I, of course, would be speaking of uh, the man they call Gumby, um, even though he really should explain to us why his dog's not named Pokey, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's maybe for another show. Uh, his name is Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello, Daniel. Hello, and hey, we are – this is a very special episode because not, <laughs> not only are we recapping for the entirety of the episode, we had our first ever split week where we're going to give you guys two shows – but I think we were also in the week, first week ever where we were both profitable. Is that that correct? Yeah, I haven't even uh, started bragging yet. Uh, it's true. Uh, we it's at least the first week of 2021. Actually, it looks like as far back as I can look in here, my stats here. Let me see. Yeah, this is the first week that we have been profitable. Both of us are profitable too, which is insane. Uh, we, of course, are speaking of uh, last weekend's UFC Fight Night, Edwards versus Muhammad, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night, like, 187, I think, maybe. UFC and, Fight Night, no contest. Yeah, UFC <laughs> Vegas 21. Um, I think it was also called UFC on ESPN Plus something. Uh, yeah, there's quite a few names, but, yeah. Um, it was it was an interesting card, to say the least, but... Um, more importantly than not, uh, I went eight and two, of course, uh, dominating Dan once again. Uh, he went he went seven and three, um, but Dan's two week totals uh, now is sixteen and nine, so he might finally be finally be um, rounding in form here. Um, yeah, you're what sixteen and nine over the past two weeks, uh, twenty and thirteen over the last three, so you're you're picking things up here. Yeah, this, um, this starts to feel a little bit more like how I picked before we had a podcast that made me right. like announce all. Like I, I'm not as bad as I was for the first eighteen weeks. 
No, of course not. No, <laughs> I wouldn't have him on. It's not not because he works for cheap and he he uh, edits and and produces the show for me. It's because he's <laughs> great at great at picking fights. Obviously, um, not only did we kill it with our um, getting fights right, but we nailed three underdogs a massive one uh we'll go through all this uh obviously since we're recapping stuff today but uh, i'll just break it down quickly we had a plus 230 that came through a plus 120 and a plus 134 um all that came through um you, know, you like i said we'll, we'll go we'll go through things more in depth but uh we basically we could have won another fight too we we lost the controversial one but we also won a controversial one on, on the other hand so um regardless if you bet 100 bucks per fight which you should obviously if you're true hashtag to Jen, uh, you would be up 519 or about 520 bucks if you follow my advice, uh, 349 if you follow Dan. So uh, not too shabby there. Uh, I hit my lock of the week, uh, Matthew Semmelsberger. Um, so I'm 2-0 and with my locks now since we started doing locks. Um, up 125.49. That's a, a return of 63% on your money. You can't beat that. Dan, of course, his one fight that he differed uh, – no, actually, no, I'm sorry. Um, this was the fight we both got wrong. He had uh, Misha Sirkinov, who lost, because you can't trust Canadians. Um, <laughs> so now he's – Dan's one-on-one with his locks, and he's down money now, 39-39. So come on. Um, for the year, we'll go through all this quickly here. For the year, um, 48 and 50, so I'm getting closer to 500, 49%. Uh, Dan's 42 and 46 at 43%. So we're starting to – kind of get more reliable hopefully with their picks here um for a while there I, I told you you just just listen to us for the um the top notch comedy and entertainment but but now you might actually be able to listen to us for for gambling device also which is it's uh, comes in handy since we're doing a gambling show <laughs> yeah i would say that that's probably why people people click it when they see the name but you know you yeah. come back for the comedy Exactly. You, you do come back for the comedy. So we will um, – uh, speaking of comedy, uh, they – I'm thinking <laughs> of changing <laughs> – setting up a dad joke here. I'm thinking of uh, changing my name to Father Christmas after my picks last week. Do you know why, Dan? Why is that? <laughs> because with my picks, my picks are chock full of no L's. Do you get it? Hey. No L. No, no L. There you go. Dad joke. All right. Uh, before you, uh, maybe I should, we should just stop the podcast. But we, I have some ad reads to do, so I guess we got to keep going. Um, let's do an ad read as we speak, and then, then we'll uh, forget about my horrible joke. Uh, this one is for a new sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, it's that time of year again. Conference tournaments are tipping off. Bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog, and you can win $256 if they come through. It's that simple. So that's a bet of $4 on an underdog in uh, select college basketball games, and if they win, you collect $256. The bank is open. Pick one of many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is, DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Make sure you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code SGP when you sign up. 
and you can turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. That's code SGP to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now my favorite part, terms and conditions. Uh, I feel like a professional when I do this. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I think I have to do the terms and conditions quicker like they do on, on TV so you can't actually understand them, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's the idea, right? <laughs> yeah. But anywho, so um, how much how much money can you win if you bet four bucks, Dan? 256. There, wow, see? I got I got the point across. Good. All right. <clears throat> so that is uh, DraftKings. Thank you for sponsoring us and uh, helping us have two podcasts a week. How crazy is that? Um, all right, let's break down. Um, let's break down what happened at uh, UFC. Uh, um, no contest, as Dan said. UFC fighting <laughs> no contest. The main event we had uh, Leon Pokey Edwards um, versus Bilal. Remember to not bash my eye out with your fingers, Muhammad. Have um, you seen the freeze frame of that picture, by the way, of him getting jabbed? Um, jab, where the finger is coming out and it's bringing the eyelid with it. It's one of the grossest no, oh, things I've ever seen. You, you got to check it out on if, oh, and this is for listeners too. Definitely check it out. I think Dana White put it on every social media he could. I think he was trying to defend Bilal Muhammad, to be completely honest. But the yeah. picture has like a freeze frame, and it's it's just like Edwards has clearly already poked him in the eye, and the finger is on the way out, and it's just like bringing the eyelid with it. Yeah, he uh, he was acting like an old school wrestler. Used to hear uh, anytime a wrestler would get in a fight in a in a bar, they would like go after the guy's eyeball because uh, apparently that's the that's the uh, thing cool kids do in fights. So, um, yeah, w- he looked very Leon Edwards looked good, other than the eye pokes, which he did twice. Maybe this podcast will turn into our um, talking about all the. Um, ridiculous rules in MMA and all the stuff you, you, you can get away with without with the slap in the wrist. But anyhow, Leon uh, looked good until he um, until he stuck his hand into Bilal Muhammad's eyeball. Yeah, and here's my question, though, because, like, his response afterwards was all – I don't know if you heard any of it. He was like, there's no way Bilal Muhammad gets to fight me again. I was blowing him out of the water. He didn't really deserve to fight me in the first place, which, like I, – I mean, I guess, Leon Edwards, if you're going to go full heel, you might as well go full heel after gouging somebody's eye out. But my question is, is for you is, like, after watching yeah. that first round, right, and it only lasted 18 seconds into the second round anyway, after watching that first round, did you come away from that being like – well, God, Leon Edwards is definitely the next title challenger. No, not not necessarily. He he looked very good, obviously, and he was winning the fight uh, very clearly. But he didn't win the fight. That's that's the maybe the key thing. And he was fighting uh like uh not to badmouth, remember the name, remember don't poke my eye out. But he was fighting this uh, inferior opponent on last minute who who just uh, stepped up to to take the fight. It, w- it wasn't like he was fighting another top contender either. So yeah, Paul Muhammad's ranked 13 and has a loss to Jeff Neal. And not that I don't love Jeff Neal, but like you know, it's not like he went out there and was like styling on Wonder Boy or like beating up Kobe yeah. Covington and then it got canceled. He was like beating up like a barely top 15 guy and not. I mean, like, definitively enough that you're like, well, that round was his, but, like, also not definitively enough that you were like, well, Muhammad doesn't even belong in there. Right. And so he's basically back to his shtick that he's been doing for the past two years, um, asking for a, a title fight. Um, 
without really doing any, doing anything to to earn it. So he's right right back to that again. I see. Yeah, and it's a it's a win over RDA eighteen months ago, and now right. a no contest with Bilal Muhammad. And like not not for anything either. The the part that is so obvious that he's not going to get it has really nothing to do with his skills, his abilities, all the other stuff. It has to do with the fact that like Leon Edwards is like not the most charismatic guy. He's turning heel, but in like kind of a douchey way against like Bilal Muhammad, who we all like. I, I think people mostly love Bilal Muhammad, and right. like you already have so many like personalities at that top of the division who can like talk themselves into a title shot, right? Jorge Masvidal is going to do it again. Colby Covington, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he finds himself in it because he can jaw. Like, not that he's jawing, but like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's personality gets him close to that anyway. So like. I don't think that the way that he's talking right now is doing him any favors either. No, no, he yeah, he's not a uh, to quote the um, to quote the boss Dana White. He's he's not a needle mover uh, in any any sense of of that uh, that expression. So I I don't see how he's um, going to get a title fight off of this unless obviously unless they're they're desperate to uh, to get, get someone slotted in but there are far more charismatic and and um, more probably uh, highly um, highly ranked fighters to to go around before Leon Edwards gets a shot um, Jorge Masvidal is not higher ranked but it sounds like he's probably going to get the next shot just because he he can he can talk his way into it which is another issue with this with this sport of, of ours um uh, as for um, the thing that's annoying to me is um, he only heard Leon Edwards only, only heard himself in that, but um, that sh- anytime in, in in my eyes, anytime a a foul that egregious happens and you should lose the fight, it shouldn't be like oh uh, you didn't you didn't try to do that, so we'll just we'll just say you tied and we'll call it a no contest. Yeah, I I don't know necessarily how I feel about it being a no contest. I feel a lot better than the other no contest that we're going to talk about, which was clearly an intentional foul. If you want to say this one was accidental, you can. But, like, in the other sense of the word, too, like, he poked him once already. Like, he already did it. Like, like you already warned him twice. He did it. You warned him again. And then on top of all of that, he, he ended the fight with it. So, like... You're right. It's not intentional, but at some point in time, you got to hold people accountable for like not being able to control their limbs. I think maybe the only thing that stops me from being like, yes, he definitely deserves to lose is if he had done it with another jab or if he had done it like reaching out to create distance, that's fine. But this was almost like his front hand moving as he threw a head kick, which is like the weirdest eye poke I think I've ever seen. Um, So I'm going to give him a little tiny bit of leeway on that one. Um, and, and especially after the one earlier in the night being a no contest, I was like, well, if the one earlier in the night was a no contest, this for sure is a no contest. Yeah. Um, this is the only sport I can think of where you can actually, you can uh, get an advantage and, and get ahead by actively cheating and, and being caught while you're cheating. Um, you, you can do multiple eye pokes with nothing happening. You can do multiple groin strikes and nothing happens. Uh, more often than not, you can do multiple fence grabs, uh, uh, glove grabs. You, you know the rules heading in. Uh, you can get caught doing all these things, and and nothing seems to happen to uh, to to um, 
to penalize you for it. Leon Edwards missed getting half of his money last night, which is, which is a big deal. Uh, he didn't get his, his win bonus. Um, and he was winning the fight, but he very easily could have been losing the fight and he could have got himself off the hook by breaking the rules basically is, is, is what, uh, is what happened. Yeah. It's, it's weird too. I would just say this in general for me, as far as the referees enforcing the rule, I'd just like to see more constant consistency through the constant consistency. That's redundant. I would like to see some consistency in the way that the rules are applied because like, and we're going to talk about the no contest later with the illegal knee. It was literally no different than Piotr Jan the other night getting DQ'd. No matter what Mark Ratner said afterwards, it was no different. And in addition to that, too, like, you know, you'll see sometimes somebody says, don't grab the fence, don't grab the fence. Somebody grabs the fence, stops the takedown, and they reset them. Uh, and then another right. time, somebody will grab a point right away. And I would just like to see, if you're going to take that point right away, and that's the right thing to do if somebody stops a takedown from happening, then every single freaking referee should be taking that point, not two referees take that point and the other eight that are regularly assigned all give like a stern warning and like wave their finger in the fighter's face and then reset him against the fence. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, th- there is no consistently. It, well, it, it's still, we have to remember this is still a, a new sport, I guess it's uh, relatively speaking. Uh, it's only been around a couple of decades as opposed to the other sports we're watching have been, been around for, uh, for centuries. So, um, I was going to ask, normally we would ask what's next for both these guys, but really nothing, uh, no one really is going to get elevated or, or uh, sent back down the rankings due, due to this fight. I don't know, though, because I, I think, so Leon Edwards made it very clear afterwards he did not want to fight Bilal Muhammad again because he didn't really right. want to fight him in the first place. So I think what you will wind up seeing, and this is, is really sad for Bilal Muhammad of all people, is you're probably just going to see them fight people who are a little bit closer to their actual number. Like That's true. you're probably going to see Leon Edwards fight somebody like like Wonderboy. Like I think Wonderboy probably would have taken this fight in the first place if you were giving him a full training camp. So like you might see him versus Wonderboy now, which means you're going to probably have to, you know, relegate Bilal Muhammad to fighting somebody like you know, Neil Magny or, or Demian Maya or like somebody, God forbid, Sean Brady, because nobody wants to fight Sean Brady right now. But like somebody like that, which yeah. is really upsetting. This was his chance to go from like relative unknown to like absolute beast. Uh, and, and not that, you know, necessarily was he going to win. But I think, you know, to have that sort of ripped away from him, like a round in and now he's got to go back to you know, fighting guys on the fringe of the top 10, that that sucks. But I think that ultimately that's the right call because if this wasn't a short notice fight, this fight would have never happened. So I, I think Edwards versus one of those top guys and Muhammad versus, like I said, kind of a fringe top 10 right at the edge of top 15 guy. I think that probably makes the most sense. Yeah, that's true. Um, but all these things depend on, on timing and whatnot. So we'll have to see who's available and uh, and whatnot. Hopefully it seems like um, remember to not poke me in the eyes is, is going to be okay. He says he has no no uh, eye damage or anything like that. But it, that wasn't clear off the get-go because he was in some serious pain after after it happened. But, um, but instead we had to hear how it was uh, – such a horrible break for Leon Edwards and poor Leon Edwards. We had to keep hearing about, even though he's the one that, that tried to poke the guy's eyeball out. Oh yeah. I, I mean, you do feel for him in a little bit, but like also when you just compound your own issues by opening your mouth and not sounding really great, that that's, uh, this is kind of what you get. 
Yeah. So here's um, I'm going to open my mouth again. It's going to sound really great here because I'm going to tell you about BetQL. Um, looking to get an edge and make smarter bets through March Madness. BetQL's algorithms scan thousands of data points across every game to find the best bets. Easily find the most profitable bets based on their top betting trends. Your bracket may bust, but your bankroll doesn't have to. Head over to BetQL.com to get started today. Uh, so you can head over to the App Store or Google Play and download the BetQL app. Bet smarter, not harder. And if you use code March30, you get 30% off BetQL for a year. So that's BetQL.com, promo code March30. Um, and anytime I'm on there checking stuff out, I see they've got some super highly rated bets. You get like 75, 80% win percentage on, on some, of, some of their advice they have on there. So definitely go check that out. Um, now let's move to the one one of the r- rare fights last night that we got wrong. Um, I wasn't feeling super confident about it either, um, and I, for good reason apparently. Uh, light heavyweights Ryan Superman Span um, knocked out um, Misha Serkinov in just a little bit over a minute in the first round. This was Dan's lock, and he with heart. <laughs> whiffed on it whiffed hard on it so like I, I said to you in the email it's once again uh, athleticism and, and power is the ultimate cheat code um, and that's what Ryan Spann used to knock uh, Serkinov out I think my, my takeaway from this is really simple is that the, a fight at 205 pounds is never your luck it's no. just it's just because like let, let's be be real here for a second you know like Spann in his most recent fights, what I've loved most about him is his ability to grapple, right? Like, he right. lost to Johnny Walker, but he lost to Johnny Walker after grappling Johnny Walker up a little bit and, like, putting him on his butt. And, like, he beat Devin Clark by guillotining Devin Clark when he tried to wrestle him. And, like, that's great. That shows me that Ryan Spann has some very legitimate grappling. With that being said, I did not think he would have any success grappling with Misha Serkinov. And as soon as Serkinov got in on him, I would be like, oh, well, this is Misha Serkinov going to go for another freaking Peruvian necktie or, you know, something else crazy. And instead, it was just like Serkinov was never even close to him. Uh, Yeah, props to Ryan Spann. I think he's like, you know, he got caught by Johnny Walker. But let's be real. He's probably a better fighter than Johnny Walker. And. With that being said, he's he's now four and one in the the or five and one in the light heavyweight division. He's he's probably moving pretty close to like that that top tier status, especially with these all these new age light heavyweights and John Jones out of the way. Right. Um, looking at uh, I run performance based uh, rankings on MMA-manifesto.com. Um, basically, it's based on uh, who a fighters beat, how how they beat them and, and how recent uh, that that fight was uh, rather than just have people people vote on it um, and span after last night looks like he's gonna be uh, as of now he's up to ninth um, in the rankings um, which is it's very very interesting the top is still um, yeah it's a mixture of, of the old guys that we're used to in light heavyweight and there's also there's quite a few of these young guns on, on their way up but ryan span definitely uh definitely is one of them because like i said he's moved up to uh to into the into the top 10 at this point so um i would see i would expect him to fight one of these top ranked uh guys um with his next fight um guys in this range at least according to my rankings would be like jimmy crute vulcan ozdemir 
Dominic Reyes, uh, he's already fought Walker, but Walker's in there. Paul Craig, uh, Magomed, Ankliev, um, you know, he's right in that range there. Um, and, you know, probably a couple wins away from a title fight, uh, as, as uh, crazy as that might sound at this point. Yeah, and I, I think the name that you said that sticks out to me as, a, like, a good test for him is Vulcan Ozdemir. Like, that, that yeah. one stuck out to me. When you said it just now, I was like, Oh, yeah, that's a good stylistic matchup because, like, Vulcan is also tall like he is, can fight a rangier fight, gets a little reckless. It's, like, the right kind of matchup to see what he can handle because if you look at, you know, the only person who gave him trouble is a longer guy with, like, striking power, um, although he did it from close range with those elbows. But, like, you know, Ozdemir can give him some of the same problems that Walker did. And, uh, yeah, I think that one would be fun too, and it would move him up the rankings if if need be. Um, and, and I don't think Ozdemir had any problem. And, and being a light heavyweight contest, that's sure to throw like absolute bonkers volume and like a clear cut KO, like a round and a half in. You could stick it yeah. on the main event of a fight night card, and nobody had bad an eyelash. Yeah, no, absolutely, um, absolutely. Uh, with that, so yeah, light heavyweight's gotten quite interesting. Um, to say the least. Um, as for uh, my fellow Canadian Misha Sirkinov, actually, since he lost, I'm going to mention that he actually is from Latvia. He just moved, <laughs> moved, to, moved to Canada when he stand or something like that. But um, regardless, um, yeah, things aren't looking so hot for him. He, um, after his first four-fight contract expired back in 2016, early 2017, he went through quite a contentious contract negotiation with the UFC. He was acting as his own manager at the time. And uh, Dana White said at one point that, that he, he was done dealing with him and he wasn't going to fight for him anymore. But then he ended up signing him to, to quite a, uh, quite a high contract for a guy of his status at that point. It was, he's makes 60,000 plus uh, per fight. And then that's doubled obviously if, if he wins. So um, what I'm getting at is since that time, he's gone two and four. Um, he's, only beat Patrick Cummings and Jimmy Crute. Jimmy Crute obviously is a is a is a quality win. Patrick Cummings not not so much. Um, so what I, what I'm getting at probably is he could very well be the, be the next guy that we see get released possibly. Since uh, when you think of how much he makes, um, the fact that he's probably still in Dana White's doghouse for for daring to daring to try to get what he's worth, and uh, the fact that he's hasn't proven that, that he can hang with the top guys. He's lost to Volkan, Ozdemir, Glover, Teixeira, Johnny Walker, and now, and now Ryan Spam. Yeah, and the other thing you, you didn't mention in there, too, is and not that this is, like, ancient in terms of, like, heavyweights, but, like, he's also not the youngest dude on the planet. He's almost no. 35 years old. Uh, and, and granted, at light heavyweight, you can stick around until you're, like, 43 and still be competitive. But, like you know, like maybe you're right. Like with that price tag, if he was cut before you, before you said that I was not expecting that. But now that you, you know, you read it off that way, it wouldn't be surprising if they do keep him around. I will say somebody I'd love to see him fight is, is Paul Craig. You mentioned Paul Craig a little bit earlier on. Like I'd watch that for sure because, you know, like, you know, not for anything, you know, we just talked about Serganoff. I like his grappling. I think his grappling is good. I'd love to see him prove that grappling against somebody like Paul Craig, who's like clearly, you know, gotten much better in the, the striking department as well. And, in, in it, you know, is a whiz on the ground as we found. So yeah, um, it, man, it wouldn't be surprising to see him go, but man, that would be pretty sad actually. Yeah, no, I'm obviously not calling for it, but 
Um, and, and I would call for him to, you know, take a step back and, and fight lower, uh, lower ranked guys, but that's not the way it works in the UFC. If you negotiate yourself a, a high contract, then they make you, they make you earn that. They, they, uh, they make you fight only, only top guys. And if you can't cut it, then you actually get cut. So hopefully that's not the case here. Um, cause he is Canadian. Um, Latvian <laughs> Latvian Canadian, but he is Canadian. Um, so that's that fight. Um, yeah, a lot of it, it was it was a strange night. We had a couple uh, contentious decision victories. We had a lot of quick quick knockouts, and then we had a couple of uh, legal illegal maneuvers. So it was it was strange. We had um, if you're a fan of of uh, MMA, you you got pretty much uh, everything in uh, in that packed into one fight night. Featherweight uh, Dan Ige. Uh, the one fight we actually differed on picking last week, I got right, of course, because I went against the Canadian, and <laughs> the Canadian got knocked out in 22 seconds and with one punch from uh, Dan Ige, who who lived up to his 50K nickname by earning a $50,000 win bonus, and by my estimations, he also was the was the top earner uh, at the event, um, which is probably surprising because not many people really know about Dan Ige, but he um, he's putting together quite a quite a decent resume. Yeah. So two things there. First of all, I feel no issue with having gotten this fight wrong because yeah, we saw none of it play out. It's a flash right. KO from a guy who's literally never in his whole life had like a one punch KO. Like his whole life, the dude has freaking eighteen career fights and he has one big knockout like that total. Um, you know, his last four fights have all gone to decision. And before that, you know, submission, decision, and a TKO from ground and pound. So, like, he, he's not a guy who does that. So, for missing that read, I'll eat that one. I'm fine with that. Also, I do want to just quickly touch on the fact that you, you mentioned his nickname is 50K, which I have issue with. He changed that nickname to 50K. Do you know what his nickname was when he came to the UFC? This is the insight uh, you really come to this show for. I'm on Wik- Wikipedia says his nickname was Dynamite. Oh, that was it, after, too. That was a, right, that was, yeah. he, he tried to shed his original nickname, which was the Danimal. Uh, <laughs> the Danimal of the Ige. Which I, I take love. It, yeah, he. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that one was thrust upon him, and he he didn't choose that one, um, which is how nicknames are supposed to be. You're supposed to. Uh, you're not allowed to, to to pick your own nickname. So maybe we should start calling him the Danimal. Yeah, I propose we go back to and even Dynamite Dan Ige was a better nickname, although <laughs> people didn't like that nickname because he didn't throw big punches. And then like, look, yeah, look what true. we got. Look what we got here. We got a big punch. So yeah. Um, well, yeah, 50K, it just seems like such a forced nickname. It's um, true. And for it's, a guy who has been like, to four straight decisions. <laughs> exactly. He, he's he got two performance bonuses. He, so he's won 50K twice out of what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about nine fights in the UFC. So. <laughs> 22% uh, and, 50K. <laughs> and I, I really don't like. I really don't like this begging for a bonus that pretty much every fighter does every night. And it's. Uh, it just shows how underpaid these guys and gals are, but also um, changing your nickname to so, so you're always begging, begging for the bonus is a bit <laughs> even before the fight starts. <laughs> exactly, it, that's a, that's a step too far uh, for me. So um, he's probably high enough up in in the in the pecking order for us to try to speculate on what's next for him. He doesn't really have any huge scalps on his resume. Edson Barboza, Mercedes Bektich are probably the 
biggest names that he beat. Gavin Tucker obviously isn't a, isn't a big name, but he's this was only his his second loss ever. So this yeah. is a, a quality win. But yeah, it's a quality win. But wasn't and I'm just you know checking in on this right now. I'm pretty sure he was originally supposed to have fought Ryan Hall. So that's true. So you know it wasn't a short notice fight because uh, I think Ryan Hall pulled out like a month ago maybe even a little bit more. So, like, that's the caliber of opponent Danny Gay needs to fight, right? Is that yeah. so Ryan Hall got pulled from the rankings when he didn't make, you know, uh, it to this fight. I think that UFC's kind of fed up on the, the Ryan Hall. Uh, nobody wants to fight me. Nobody wants to fight me. And then somebody agrees to fight me, and I fall out of the fight. Um, yeah. And, and whether that's in his control or out of his control is for nobody to say. But that's what the UFC's sick of. So for Ige, he's got to fight somebody, in my opinion, in that caliber. You know, he's ranked number nine right now. But like you said, his best wins have come against guys who aren't in the rankings. So, you know, the the names like Sadiq Youssef, uh, Arnold Allen, Bryce Mitchell, that level of opponent right there. And, and even Ryan Hall, if Ryan Hall wanted to, to run this back. Um, Movsar Evloev, uh, who's just recently in the rankings. I think he got bumped into him when Ryan Hall fell out. That level of opponent would be really fun to watch Dan Ige against. Not that Gavin Tucker wasn't going to be that, but, you know, Gavin Tucker's a guy, if you were going to, you know, run the rankings out for, you know, 100 levels or 100, 100 spots, he's probably in the 25-ish range, right? He was on a good run, but he did have a loss to Rick Glenn in there. So, yeah, I'd like to see him against one of those, like, semi-close to undefeated guys on the edge of the rankings. Um I guess if you asked me stylistically who I'd like to see him fight most, probably Arnold Allen. I like Arnold Allen quite a bit. Um, he's got, like, fun stand-up and probably good enough takedown defense that Ige wouldn't be able to manipulate that. Um, Bryce Mitchell would be fun, too. I, I wouldn't mind Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, obviously. he's. I'm looking at my performance rankings. He is. He's jumping right past both those guys. He's uh, 14th, the last one I published. And as of now, he's up to 8th um, right in the uh, – Ryan Hall's not in there now because he never fights, um, so he's not not eligible. But he's right in there by, uh, he, as of now, he's right below Song Yadong and above Ricky Simone. Um, Ricky Simone might be a, a decent one, decent fight for him. Also, I, th- I think you got um, that at bantamweight. He's a featherweight. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's that's fe- um, no. I'm looking at featherweight right now. Oh, Ricky Which Simone and, and Song Yadong have fought their last fights at yeah, that's the way. True. That's what's yeah. throwing me off. Cause I got you. I think of those yeah. guys as bantamweights, but you're right. When you do a performance ranking bonus and you're just using the actual numbers, they have fought most recently at Feather. Actually, I think uh, Ricky Simon's uh, last two fights have been at Featherweight due to short notice nature right. slash international travel slash, you know, whatever coronavirus excuse you want to use. But yeah, th- those names stuck out to me as Bantamweights to start because that's, true. that's where they get ranked in, in the UFC's rankings, despite the fact, and they keep moving up and down in the UFC's rankings with those yeah, numbers, uh, despite the fact that they haven't fought in those divisions. It, I know it's yeah. That's why my rankings are superior guys. Okay. My rankings are superior. Um, so uh, yeah, regardless of who he fights, it should be onward and upward for uh, Dan Ige. Um, and we'll move right on too. But first, let me tell you about another uh, new sponsor. We are packing them in because of this quality content that we bring you. Everyone wants to be a part of this this podcast now. Uh, this newest people that we welcome to the family would be Odds Crowd. Are you the best college hoops better in the country? Odds Crowd is challenging you to prove it with their free March Madness Fantasy Betting Contest. There's 8000 in cash prizes, $8,000 OB, in cash prizes up for grabs, and less than 100 players joined as of as of now. So that's a good uh, chance of you winning there. Here's how it works. You place risk-free fantasy bets throughout the tournament against real odds and lines. 
most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you're in the top three, at the end, you win a share of up to $8,000. It starts right before the final four tips off. Uh, it's graded based on units in profit. The most units in profit at the end wins the cash. Players can play as many or few picks as they like. One, two, or three unit picks. Mighty line spreads in totals available. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app built just for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private betting contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. Well, while we're here, let me tell you about another one of our brand new sponsors. Welcome to the family. It would be PicksWise.com. Helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring, sports-fanatic wise guys giving you the how, the who, how, and why behind every prediction. On every game, every day, and every sport. All for free. PicksWise presents the Capper Contest to follow with the likes of John Rothstein, Rashad Phillips, Jeff Nadu, and six other experts all competing for a $10,000 winner-takes-all prize. Follow the action for their free picks and analysis every day of the big dance by visiting pickswise.com slash march-madness. That's pickswise.com slash march-madness. Okie dokie. Um, you spoke of Bantamweights. Let's, let's speak of Bantamweights. Uh, this was our big underdog that we nailed, plus 230, Davey Grant. Just like how we predicted it, knocked out Jonathan Martinez because Davy Grant is a knockout artist. It, you know, you say that jokingly, just how we predicted it. I actually had him on Top Turtle MMA this week. Did you? D- he said, yep. "I'm a striker." He he actually yep. went on on record saying, "Like I know you see my record and you see that I have 150,000 submissions in my career." He goes, but what a lot of people don't know about some of those submissions is on the regional circuit. I would tag people with the hands. They'd get scared, shoot a shoot a takedown. And I'd sub him or he's like, I'd, I'd tag him. And when I'd get to the ground to try to finish him, you know, they'd shell up and it's just easier to grab their neck and choke him out. So he said all along, he feels more comfortable in his striking than his jujitsu sometimes. So uh, he, he believes in his hands and man, Hey, after these last two performances, I kind of do too. Like you, you don't knock out Jonathan Martinez, like Jonathan Martinez stood and traded with, with freaking uh, Andre Ewell. He stood and traded with the Thomas Almeida. He, he stood and traded, you know, with good strikers. Andre Sukumta is even a really good striker. And all of those fights went to decision. No knockouts either way. Davy Grant starches him, puts him out cold. Yep, he and it was beautiful. Uh, body shot, then then headshot. And that's two fights. Like you said two fights in a row. He is won by, by knockout after having one knockout victory in his a TKO victory at that in his whole career which dates all the way back to 2008 yeah I'm impressed and and, you know he said even on the 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 broadcast when he was talking to DC that like you know he's not a young guy anymore either for him to be like doing this now at 35 in a division where you know like we, we talked about before light heavyweights a division where you can hang around until you're 48 and you're just still pretty much the same guy because you throw with power He's in a division where, like, when you're 30, you're starting to get old, right? Like, Bantamweight is not a yeah. division for the old guy, um, as, as we're kind of seeing, right? Like, Jose Aldo's falling off in that division. Dominic Cruz looked good his last time out, but he's falling off in that division. And, like, it's because they're on a little bit of the older side. And here is Davy Grant, like, completely reinventing himself at 35 and just starching dudes. And he's got three in a row now, man. You you got to imagine that like he's gonna get a decent name coming off of that. 
Yeah, he's um, my rankings. He'll he's still in like probably the low or actually the high twenties, I would say. So he's, you know, he he's moving on up, but but when uh, UFC is, is based on people's opinion and and they tend to have short um, short memories, and this was a very uh, very um, vicious uh, victory also. Uh, so this probably will will boost him even higher than, than what my my rankings say. So we won't bother worrying about what's next for him. But but he's you know he, he's getting closer and closer to uh, to ranked being ranked himself and fighting ranked fighters. You got to think so. Um, flyweight. That this fight we we stole the victory here because I don't think we really won. Uh, Matias Nicola won a split decision over Manel Cap, who I really think his last name should be Cape. <laughs> or cop it. Actually, it should be cop it if you ask me. But they say cap, so we'll we'll go with cap. Um, he was incredulous once again when he lost a decision, um, just like he was his first fight. But I think this time he had a legitimate beef. I had him winning the last round, and it looks like well, last I checked on um, MMADecisions.com, most of the media watching also had him had him picked to win. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, that, that fight. I'm gonna be honest. I wasn't certain as I was watching like uh, I, and some of that might have been my rose-colored glasses of rooting for Nicolau because we had him as an underdog and I, I also really love Matt, Matthews Nicolau too like he, he's a guy who was two and one in the UFC he was part of that cut when flyweights uh looked like they were going away forever because Mighty Mouse was traded and and then they just cut anybody who was decent and making any money um I actually thought he was like on his path to being a title challenger his jujitsu is so fun when he does hit the ground like, he's got a Japanese necktie submission, and actually he's got two of them, one in the UFC and one, uh, I think he was fighting in Brave, maybe, when, when he was outside the UFC. He got another one, so he, he's super fun to watch. I will say this, so, like, I, I excused. I, I am a fan of his. I do like watching him fight. I did pick him to win, so, like, rosy-colored glasses on here. It was clear it was 1-1 going into the third. I right. would say, without a doubt, he won the first three minutes and 45 seconds of the third round. And that's not how we score fights, but he right. had the better volume there. He definitely had the more impactful strikes. And I think, the for me, the reason why the media liked Cops so clearly is he threw that knee towards the end. And both Bisping and DC made it sound like Nikolai was about to go out. Yeah, and, and I think it did hit him, and I think it was a meaningful strike. But I think the reason why everybody was like, "Oh, cop one," it was because like it looked like there was one strike that nearly put somebody out in that round, and it belonged to Manal Cop. So like, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with how much damage that that knee did, and like, there's no way to know how much damage that knee did. But I think that that ultimately is the answer for why you get two judges who are in person and can't hear that. Right. Both of those judges saw that that knee was impactful, but not much more impactful than like the three lefts that, that Nicolau landed earlier in the round or the mean body shots Nicolau was occasionally throwing with the, or the kicks or, you know, whatever. So I, I think that that's why there's such a discrepancy between the media and the judges on this one. So I actually excuse the judges on this one far more than I excuse the judges on the other split decision we're going to talk about. Um, because like without that commentary, I think that this fight feels very different in that third round than it did. Dan's trying to make himself feel better for stealing a win here. Uh, <laughs> a plus money win, he, I might add. <laughs> a plus money win, but you don't have to feel bad. This is uh, all is fair in, in gambling, Dan. So, um, Nicolau, like, uh, I agree. He's actually 4-1 and one now in the UFC. This will definitely, you'd think this would put him into the 
lower fringes of the official rankings. Uh, my rankings he already was at 14. And he's probably going to stay right around there because he was a uh, decision win over a, a fighter who's 0-1 in the UFC. So um, do you think Cap is going to get another kick at the can? It's it's kind of – you never know with, with flyweights what, what they're going to do with these guys. He, I think he has to. The, the, problem for, the problem for me with him is like if he was – the same guy that was in the second round or the last minute of the third round. Like, if he was that guy, he is legit a top two or three guys in this division. Like, I would pick him to beat Pantoja. I would pick him to beat Alex Perez. I'd pick him to beat Joseph Benavidez. Like, that Manel cop with, like, that ferociousness is scary as hell. And he is just so docile all of the other times that aren't those six minutes I just described. He's been yep. in the cage for 30 minutes, and for six minutes, he's looked like a murderer. And for the other 24 minutes, he's looked like he doesn't want to be in there. So it, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for Dana to be like, this guy doesn't have the killer instinct and just put a pin in it. But I think that Dana sees probably how vicious he can be Plus this being a split decision that a lot of people agreed that he won. Like, I, I think you probably see him again, but man, he, he is definitely walking a tight rope and has to go in there with that killer instinct. Also, probably not doing himself any favors with like the wild reactions afterwards. Like, how did I lose that? Because um, yeah. that's like two in a row where he's looked kind of like a complainer. Yep. Um, yeah, things going in his favor. He's, well, he's cheap. He's probably still on a... Uh, the lowest rate that, that UFC guys uh, get paid, which is like 10 K per fight. Unless, unless with his, his decent uh, resume coming in, he may have started a little bit higher, uh, but not much. So he's cheap. Uh, he's young. He's only 27 still. Um, yeah. And the surprising thing is of his 15 pro wins, all of them are, uh, all of them except one are via, uh, via, via finish, but he's not putting it together against the, the top guys in the UFC. And I totally agree with what you say. He just, if he turned it on, he seems like he could finish pretty much anyone that, that he's in there with. And we've uh, seen him do that internationally too. Yep. Like he, he fought in Rising and he fought that Kai Asukara who, who has a win over Koji Horaguchi. So like Asukara is a, is a beast and he just went in there with like, the craziest ferocity. I mean, he beat Takeya Mizugaki too, who we thought of as like a UFC mainstay forever. And same thing. He like blitzed him. It was like a violent KO. And like, he was all over him even before the KO. So it's like kind of sad to see him in like the state he's in right now where he just like, looks like he doesn't want to fight. Yeah. It's strange. He also, um, worth noting, he's, he's up to six losses already too. Um, in his career, uh, 15 and six, which, you know, this isn't boxing. You're allowed to have, have some losses, but he's starting, starting to pile them up. Um, which you don't want to see from, from a young uh, prospect like that. Um, next fight, I think Dan has a lot, a lot, a lot to say about the next one. So I, I think I may just, uh, just step back and let him go here. It was a midweight fight. Um, was very exciting for the almost, uh, almost one round that it lasted. It lasted about four and a half minutes. Uh, Eric Anders, ya boy, Eric Anders and Darren, the dentist Stewart. Um, yeah, it was turning out to be the way that we thought it would be uh, a slugfest. Um, we probably got saved here because our guy, uh, the guy that we picked, Darren Stewart, looked like he was on his way out. Luckily for uh, us and for him, he had uh, Herb Dean um, 
refing his match who, who doesn't know when um, or how how to how to stop fights. So he he let him continually get beat up. Um, and there's yeah, boy, finally uh, hit him with an illegal knee. Uh, Dan, go ahead. So I'm going to say, first of all, I don't think we got saved because I think that should have been graded as a win because it's clearly a DQ. <laughs> like, that's that's this, true. This that's the, right. This is my, you know, like, and I'm maybe, I, do, I maybe don't hate on Herb Dean as much as the average person. I might be one of the guys who's softer on Herb Dean. But my God, Herb Dean, how do you watch that? H- having had watched Peter Yan in, in Aljamain Sterling and called that one intentional, and then you watch this one, and you say it's unintentional. Like, wh- how in any way, there were more points of contact on the ground for this one. Like, his hand and his leg were on the ground. Like, there was literally no way you could look at what was happening there and be like, Eric Anders didn't know he wasn't allowed to throw that knee. Like, he clearly knew, and if it, if it left his mind for a second, that's fine, but, like, no part of that was unintentional. No part of that, like, missed the shoulder and, and glanced off and hit the head. It was a knee designed to knee somebody in the head on the ground. And yes. for some reason was deemed unintentional in, like, the wildest sense. So, yeah, I am shocked that this did not get called a DQ. And I know Mark Ratner came on and was like, oh, because it was in the first round. And uh, because Herb Dean said it was unintentional. And I know that Herb Dean gets to make that choice. That is 1,000% an intentional knee. Should have been treated just like Piotr Jan. Should have been given a win to Darren Stewart. Um, So I I actually think we didn't get saved, first of all. That's Um, true. And and then second of all, too, I I just have to share this because I saw it on, on Twitter the other day. And it's hilarious to me. Do you know Eric Anders had tweeted about the Aljamain Sterling and Piotr oh, no. Yanni? Yeah, he's like, oh, it, it was something like, oh my god, it looks like Piotr, or, uh, Piotr Jan forgot and he isn't using pride rules or something like that. <laughs> yep, and you then, be careful. And then Piotr Jan immediately, as soon as it happened last, he must have had a list of people who talked shit to him because like, <laughs> he, he immediately like retweeted what Eric Anders said with like a facepalm emoji. Oh, so good. Like, if you're going to talk crap about somebody like that, don't do it like a week later. <laughs> yeah. Once again, this is um, MMA with their wacky rules. It's it's okay to cheat as long as you uh, as long as you didn't mean to. But like you said, he he did mean to. Um, he maybe he didn't injure Stewart as badly as as uh, Aljamain Sterling got injured. Um, but. I, I guess Anders only hurt himself uh, other than Stewart's head, obviously. He only hurt himself uh, there because he was uh, on the verge of, of winning that fight in his own. The reason that Stewart probably couldn't continue was because he was already... <laughs> he was 100% already, already concussed. <laughs> already, yeah, he already had his uh, the stuffing beat out of him uh, by getting in the slugfest with, with ya boy, Eric Eric Anders. So, yeah, basically Stewart should have won that contest. You can't, like, in the NBA, if, if you, you foul a guy and... Uh, at the end of the game and he hits the free throws uh he actually gets free throws he actually gets to shoot them and if he hits them his team wins it's not i didn't mean to foul him so we'll we'll just (laughs) we'll just keep playing or we'll call it a tie right guys um that's not how it works but this isn't a a real sport uh, compared to those (laughs) really when it comes right down to it it's it's not really a real sport um it's it's fun to watch but it's it's not like the um the the mainstream sports that, that they're uh that I like to try to compare it to. So um, won't say what's next for both those guys. Cause they'll probably, and that's another thing when stuff like this happens, guys get stuck in endless uh, loops of fighting the same person over and over and over. Um, yeah, and I don't know that I want to run this one back either. But the other thing too, is that like, 
you, you know, if Anders had won this, you'd be like, sweet, Anders, move him on up the division, give him yeah. somebody again. But, like, he hasn't looked good lately either. You know, like, nope. he has a split decision win over Gerald Mearshart in a fight he lost. Like, Gerald Mearshart won that fight. Uh, Christoph Jaco beat him. Uh, his only win since, uh, you know, if, if you don't count the Gerald Mearshart one, which I don't, his only win since 2018 was Vinicius Morea, who I think went 0-37 in the UFC with 37 first-round knockout losses. So, uh, you know, like, th- there's really no reason to move him up either. And, like, even, I mean, even Darren Stewart was probably too big of a step up for where he should have actually been. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's true. So, um, yeah, who knows what happens. Uh, but like I said, with no contests or controversial judging decisions or early stoppages it, guys tend to get stuck in fighting the same guy over and over until they actually get a definitive winner so that may be the case here but but it may not um yeah it, it was a fun fight for for when it lasted um regardless so that um that wraps up the main card we'll quickly go through the prelims because we've given you more than enough uh entertainment for for your money uh, by this point first let me tell you about our last couple sponsors we got here uh these ones have been around for a while so that would be our friends at better than dot vegas um better than dot vegas is like youtube but for what hashtag the gens only care about which would be sports betting Better Than Vegas is running a free bracket-style capper contest with a chance to win $5,500. Tantor, just go to betterthan.vegas, and don't forget to let them know that SGP sent you. And make sure you subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast channel there. It will be sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. Uh, then you'll get to see videos from me, and I'm trying to think if I gave you winners. I gave you Darren Stewart, and... No, it's not Darren Stewart. I gave you Leon Edwards, and he uh, got a no contest. I gave you Misha Serkinov, and he lost. Uh, but I did give you Matthew Semmelsberger, so there you go. I, 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 gave you I also gave Matthew Semmelsberger over on Better Than Dot Vegas, too. So, yeah, you would have gotten that from me as well. There you go. Yeah, so make sure – yeah, check out – I find Dan's trying to trying to get me to promote his podcast once again. But, yes, <laughs> Top Turtle MMA also has Better Than Dot Vegas, so uh, make sure you subscribe to them, too. But Subscribe to sportsgamblingpodcast.com first, obviously. And then if, if you feel like it, you can subscribe to Dan's. Because um, his co-host wears cool luchador masks sometimes and, <laughs> and ha- has a bunch of dogs running around. Um, and then we'll also let you tell you about Better Edge. Better Edge allows you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. Since you're buying positions from other sports bettors, there's no house. They're legal in more than 40 states. Post the plays you like and have someone at Better Edge Marketplace take the other side. They have a ton of other... Fun uh, against the spread picking contest as well. So sign up today at Better Edge, that's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, and use promo code SGP for a free $10 play. So it's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com, promo code SGP. All right, like I said, we've we've given we've given these peeps these degens enough entertainment. Um, let's let's uh, quickly get through the prelims and get the heck out of here. Um, the main of uh, was it the did it end up being the main event? Yeah, Angela Hill and Ashley Yoder. Um, women's strawweight fight basically was what we expected. Angela Hill won 30-27. Um, we both like Ashley Yoder, but she did not look UFC caliber in there whatsoever. She seemed like she didn't realize it was going to be striking was going to be involved, and she thought it was just going to be a grappling fight. Yeah, I, I said that to my wife right when the fight started. I, you could tell 35 seconds in, you were like, oh, she needed this to be grappling in order to win, and it's not going to be. This fight is over, 30-27, uh, Angela Hill. And I said that 35 seconds in. Yeah. 
yeah, she did not want to get hit, and she could not really get her um, get her grappling going either. So, yeah, it was it was uh, bad news all around for her, which is a shame because we both like her, and she's a uh, a um, regular guest on Top Turtle also. But that might be the end of her in the UFC. I've said this before, and she's um, seemed to to hang around. So hopefully that's the case here again. But but um, she's what like. I had a record here one second ago. I think she's nine and or eight and seven overall. Like that that's not right. even including yeah. like just the USC and I three know, and I, six. Yeah. So like three, three and six in the UFC. I mean some close good. fights in there too, with like yep. she could have beat Mackenzie Dern. She almost beat Randa Marcos. I actually did think yeah. she beat Justine Kish. Like uh, there's a lot of close ones in there, which I think is why they keep inviting her back, but she doesn't yeah. has a performance like that. That certainly doesn't give us pause and, and thought that she's going to be near the top 15 anytime soon. No, uh, fun fight uh, at featherweight. Um, well, yeah, I picked I picked a Canadian here. I totally forgot uh, I had another <laughs> Canadian. Charles Jourdain, obviously he's Canadian. That's a, that's a total French last name. Uh, he beat Marcelo Rojo. Or is it Rojo? Or did it is really Rojo. Rojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, have, so. have okay, faith in Rojo. <laughs> exactly. And uh, that, this was a, f- a fun fight. I thought we were going to lose this one. Rojo, uh, the newcomer, looked very good in it, and um, he proved to be very game. Uh, he ended up losing via TKO with 29 seconds left in the fight. But this was a, a fun fight, and both guys looked uh, – I think both guys probably came out um, of it looking better than they did coming in. Yeah, and I think we talked about it on the show too. Correct me if I'm wrong, where we both picked Charles Jordan, but both of us also said, like, Charles Jordan's in some weird-ass fights – I don't like yeah, yeah, picking, I think you said that, yeah. I don't ever like picking him, but I'm gonna pick him. And like this was a great example. It is worth noting too, while a lot of the, the commentary was like, Ooh, Rojo seems to be running away with this one. Jordan needs to pour it on in the third round. All of the judges had it one apiece going into that third round. So he actually wasn't in danger of losing a decision there if he didn't get the finish. I mean, granted it's it's better for him for having gotten the, the finish, but uh, yeah, like he, he did a great job. It was a fun fight. I think it was probably one of two contenders for fight of the night, which ultimately they didn't give one because of all the great knockouts. But, um, you know, he, he looked good in there. Yep. Um, so did, uh, honey. Yaya. Uh, he submitted as expected. We told you to take this, uh, this props. Hopefully you did. Uh, honey. Yaya via, uh, arm triangle choke over Ray Rodriguez. Um, he basically smothered him, for both rounds and, and finally worked his way into a uh, arm triangle choke, which is going to happen if you have him on top of you for it was what almost eight minutes uh, of of a top a top action because you had him down pretty much the whole fight. Yeah, and and the other thing too is yeah we we had this as a prop plus one twenty by the way for him by submission, which was just one of the most really ridic- yeah it was plus one twenty for him by submission, which by the way is one of the most ridiculous lines. You've got a guy with eight hundred submissions and is an Abu Dhabi medalist up against the guy who gives up submissions. And for some reason, it's plus money in the sub game. So That's weird. Yeah, it was a very weird line. But we told you to take that very weird line, so hopefully exactly. you did. But also I would just say, uh, you know, not that we're going in-depth on all of these prelim fights, what a fun career Hani Ayaz has been, right? Like, he consistently has just been in the UFC slash the WEC for like 100 years, dude. Like, he, he, made, his yep. du- he made his WEC debut... While I was in high school, um, which is just incredible. He fought Mark Kamenik, another Canadian, all the way back then, and then fought for the WEC title later that year. Like, I mean, like, it's incredible that not only is he still in the UFC, but he's still doing things like this. 
you were in high school what last year though, so it's not really <laughs> saying saying too much. Uh, I mean, yeah, he WC 2007. Uh, I was gonna say I didn't have any kids, but I did have a kid already by then. So uh, only had one kid. Uh, that's how long he's been in the in the uh, in the big leagues, and he's been what fighting since 2002. Um, that's from before I was in high school, for the record. <laughs> oh God, that's so sad. Um, all right, so move off of that. Uh, depressing talk. Um, Nazrat Hack Press, another newcomer. Rafa Garcia looked very good. Um, we looked like we could have. Well, actually, this wasn't a fight we broke down last week. Um, I broke it down in my column on the site, but it hadn't been announced as of yet. But Rafa Garcia looked quite game, but uh, Hack Press ended up picking him apart for a decision victory. Um, and I think this the next fight Dan wants to yell about because um, we got this split decision wrong. JJ Aldrich. Uh, Split decision over Courtney Casey. All the media basically had pretty much all the media, like 99% had Casey winning, and I thought she uh, she won the fight also. But the official judges said she didn't, and I think Dan's going to yell about it right now. I am going to yell about it right now. How in the hell do you score the third round for J.J. Aldrich? There's no <laughs> yes. world in the there, – there's no scoring criteria other than if your scoring criteria is got a takedown or didn't get a takedown – then J.J. Aldrich won the third round. Apart from that, the 15 seconds she had Courtney Casey on the ground before Casey got up and then blasted her in the face four more times with punches was not enough for J.J. Aldrich to win that round under anybody's criteria. Like, I, I know there are people out there being like, well, takedowns do count. Don't keep that narrative that, like, a takedown doesn't count. It it basically doesn't count for anything when you don't do anything with it. Like, she had right. her down for 15 seconds. Casey got immediately to her hips, back to her knees, straight up. Aldrich landed no punches advanced, no position, had no submission attempts, and, like, Casey then just continued to batter her. Like, in what world Aldrich won that third round? Man, that one will, will bother me for a really long Because that was another underdog we had. Our, our, our yes, lead. it's true. We, we capitalized or would have capitalized on another one. And, yeah, people are going to be like, well, you did get the Nicolau one. This was much more egregious than Nicolau winning, I will say. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, it was... It, it was a surprise. I thought I'm um, checking out the stats for that third round here. Uh, Casey, uh, significant strikes, 27 to 25. Um, she whiffed on more of them, but that doesn't, they don't really seem to care about um, how accurate you are. I'm actually going to want to get a chance to crunch those numbers and see if the more active striker tends to win fights more often. I'm guessing they do. Um, but yeah, she outstruck her by two. Um, but Aldridge had that one takedown and she controlled her for 44 seconds. So eh, the numbers don't really make it seem like it was a, a robbery, but it was a robbery. Let me tell you, we got, <laughs> one, we got I would, robbed. I would say the impact of the strikes is the more important thing, right? Like no, every single, every single one that Courtney Casey landed was that like blitz forward, you know, with JJ Aldridge's head back twice and then end with a body kick, you know, combination. Whereas JJ Aldridge's all 25 of those punches was like a jab or something like that, you know, like in, you know, like the, the stats d don't do it justice in the way that, you know, they should be done. But, you know, I, I think anybody who was watching that third round scored it for Courtney Casey. I mean, you see it on MMA decisions again, like the, the, the media all scored that one for Casey and it was pretty shocking that Aldrich won it. And she is, yeah, Casey's another one who's piling up the losses now. It's two straight, um, three out of four she's lost. Uh, she's got, what, two wins in her last uh, 
seven fights, so that's not looking so hot. And she's, I think she's up in like the 60 grand range for her pay. So hopefully she doesn't get cut because she's she's a fun fighter. But yeah, she's getting definitely putting her, her neck out there. That's for sure. Um, losing another fight here. Um, person who saved her neck, you'd think, would be Jin Yu Fry. Um, she won her strawweight fight against the uh, incoming newcomer Gloria DePaula, who had no answer. So for her for her grappling, this is this was another plus. Yeah, we hit this plus one also, and this was Dan's livest dog of the week on MMA Manifesto, uh, MMA-Manifesto.com too. So we got this right one right, and Jin Fry probably saved her saved her job, possibly even her career at, at this point by winning this fight. Yeah, and she's another one who's a little bit older too. I think people forget yeah. how old Jin Fry is because she looks. I mean, she's jacked and she like looks younger, but she's 35 years old. So you're right. 0 and 3 in the UFC at 35 years old. There's there's really not much path left for you. But I will say, not only did we win this one, this one was one of the ones that made me the happiest because we won this one and the breakdown was perfectly on point. If you go back and listen, I talked about the fact that you know I thought she could neutralize the Muay Thai because Gloria DePaula, obviously a Muay Thai striker. I thought maybe she would have an advantage in the striking. She may not have had the advantage, but it was close to even. I thought she'd neutralize it enough so that when she could use her physicality and put her against the cage, I actually just thought she'd put her against the cage more than anything. But if she was able to get the takedown, you know, vastly superior grappler, the ability to control position, and she did exactly that. Also, I'm not sure I knew, and and this is totally on me too, because... I'm like Save Saad's biggest cheerleader in the whole yes, world. Yes, I was going to say this, yep. And then like yeah, I didn't know on the either. broadcast, they're like, Jin Yu Fry coming out here with Save Saad. And I was like, the hell? Wait, wait a second, wait a second. I would have picked her 80 times more. She would have been my lock exactly. of the week if I, if, I, <laughs> if I knew she was training with Save Saad. So she's training with like Cheyenne Bays who, or Bays, who fights next week. And, and that's a fight we'll break down later in the week. So like she is getting... And I guess I don't know her original training camp either, but like she's getting better training with Save Saad. And hey, the game planning was clear too, because like she went right back to that wrestling in the third round and it won it for her. So uh, yeah, props to her. Congratulations. It's good to see her in the win column. And hey, she's exciting too. So I'm excited to yep. see her fight again. Yep. Hopefully she can uh, stick around until maybe they one day bring in an atom weight division, which uh, was the division she was the queen of uh, before she made it to the UFC. Um, and in the curtain jerker, I hit my um, lock of the week 16 seconds into the night, which was nice. Uh, Matthew Semmelsberger knocked out Jason Witt. Um, like I said, that was a, a nice uh, way to start off the evening, and it turned out it didn't take a horrible fall off a cliff in the turn for the worst like it normally does. It, it kept getting better as the night went on so there you go except yeah. except for uh except for leon edwards eyeball other than that i mean uh darren stewart uh, <laughs> darren stewart's head and uh remember i forgot remember the name's name How Allah Muhammad. <laughs> Muhammad's eyeball. other yeah. than that it was it was a good night for us so um but it's probably enough bragging for us um only wasn't really much of a newsworthy week um looking through there was one um, pretty big fight announced. Um, that was pretty much it. This would be Tony Ferguson versus Benil Dariush, which will be going down in um, May, I believe, May 15th at UFC I think, 262 at that point. Um, that's a pretty decent fight. Have you seen the lines on this, Dan, or you want to take a stab at it? I haven't. and it, it. I will say, first of all, it was a little bit of a surprising announcement in that it it's what I think Tony Ferguson should have done is to take a step back. But at his advanced age and how much he's being paid and all of that, it's not what I expected them to do with him. 
So I, I guess I give props to the UFC for actually giving him the caliber of opponent he should probably have at this time to fight. Maybe their thought is, is if he gets beat by Benil Dariush, they can really relegate him down or renegotiate his contract or, you know, send him shipping to PFL to fight uh, Anthony Pettis again. Um, so, uh, you know, like I, I think I think it makes sense. It's hard to gauge the line because, like, is Vegas as down on Tony Ferguson as the UFC and the public seems to be? Is the, the public as big on, on Benil Dariush as the UFC seems to be? I'm still going to say Tony Ferguson is a slight favorite. I'm going to say negative 130. You are wrong. He actually, Perry, Perry Matt, he is right around there. He's minus 125. But the other books I see have him at plus 155 and plus 138. Ooh. Plus 138. He opened bet at plus 120, and then he's gone up to plus 155 so people aren't liking him um so that minus 180 and minus 166 minus 109 at at perry Matthews odds are quite different than the other one so if you are uh liking ferguson um uh, uh looks like um the beta online and fan duel are the um are the odds that are currently posted but of course we want you to bet with our sponsors so uh once DraftKings has it posted uh, jump on there and and uh grab the bet there but yeah um looking like um people are off the ferguson bandwagon um but yeah this should be should be a fun fight whenever hopefully it does happen you never know with um with tony ferguson but hopefully this one actually actually does happen so yeah i hope it does too and and i'm interested to see where that line goes as we get closer and closer to fight time because like i said the betting public seems to be down in the public in general seems to be down on ferguson but Man, I don't know if a loss to Charles Oliveira makes me that much down on him. Charles Oliveira is a killer. And, you know, we, we, what, has he got a loss to Gaethje before that? Like, man, losing to those two and suddenly you're a schmuck? Oh, man, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I think it's more of how he's he's looked in those fights than, than the fact that he lost uh, those fights. Or at least the narrative narrative surrounding them is that he's he's lost more than a step and he's looking old and all that type of stuff. But we'll break it down more when we get closer that's a couple months away um in the meantime we have another podcast coming for you in a couple of days so you won't have to wait a full week to hear our awesome voices so that's uh that's a joyous occasion for all involved uh in the meantime make sure you check out all our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com we got lots of march madness stuff going up because it's the season i see dan even wrote a story about gonzaga correct that's correct that's yeah you can all you right. can see about a gonzaga national title just a matter of drew timmy there you go dan and his his dad jokes just like me <laughs> just like me so make sure you check that out um we have obviously every every sport covered, but right now we got a lot of March Madness stuff, um, and I'll have your UFC preview later on in the week, but we'll give you that in oral uh, version in a few days also. Uh, make sure you check out our stuff at MMA-Manifesto.com also, and follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer, and he would be Gumby Vreeland. Um, until we speak to you next time, uh, I think I'll finish uh, again with what Lemmy of, of Motorhead <laughs> told, told you all. Remember to live by these words. Um, remember, you were born to lose, but gambling is for fools. But that's the way I like it, baby. I ain't going to live forever.
It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter, and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier has arrived on Disney+. Plus. The world is upside down. We can't lose this fight, Bucky. If we do this, we're going to do it our own way. Experience the six-episode event. Work partners, co-workers. Not necessarily the team. No. We look damn good. Marvel Studios' The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus.